0: Go Loud presents the Lennon-Courtney podcast. Go out, go out, go out. I'm Sonia Lennon.
1: And I'm Brendan Courtney and you're listening to the Lennon-Courtney podcast.
0: This week it's the Thinking Woman's Guide to Letting Shit Go. Oh, I feel like Queen Elsa in Frozen. I don't know about Frozen. But your new glasses are cool. See what I did there?
1: Very nice. Unhealthy relationships, jobs you hate and bad habits. We're going to talk about letting them all go and filling your life with good stuff instead. Such as? Such as this incredible new episode of the Lennon Courtney podcast that you're just about to hear.
0: Woohoo! This is the Thinking Woman's Guide
1: to Letting Shit Go.
0: How was everybody's week?
1: I really want to do my whole week joke. but <laughs>
0: <laughs> How
1: was every... Uh, I, still, I feel like it went very quickly. It did go very quickly. They speed up and slow down, don't they? They're weird. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm I'm in a, a sort of a in a slightly um, period of focus, which yeah. I want to hang on to as long as I can because yeah. it do not last forever. Because I'm writing, yeah. I'm getting up early and writing. How
2: I'm, many how many words have you gotten? None of your
1: business. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> last week it was a thousand, a thousand
1: and ten. <laughs> <laughs> it's about three thousand now. That's good. That's good. But I'm I'm happy. I w- you know the way you go. Oh, I haven't read back on this. You have to keep reading back on it, mm. and you have to keep. And it'll it needs now. My experience, our experience is, you need to mm. give give it to an editor, and they'll rip it apart, obviously. But
0: but you're too early for that yet. I oh say.
1: my god, miles away from miles away. I actually was going to Google this morning. What is the average word count for the average book? I know it's about fifty thousand. I do know that. And
0: is eight, it? 70. Yeah, seventy to fifty, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I think fifty be light. Yeah, light. Fifty be the pocket guide to Brendan Courtney. That's all we want. <laughs> That's what our <I> audience <laughs> want Brendan. Be tiny, tiny writing. And be huge writing. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be able to read it on the bus. <laughs> the <end>. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: Bigger print. I know, no, I know, I know. I know my audience.
2: Thicker, thicker pages.
1: I know my audience.
2: <laughs> and this is how you read it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And speaking of uh, writing, guys, do you have a newsletter? We maybe do, one? Esther. God, you it? know, we slave over that
0: newsletter week after week after week. I we actually mind- made somebody spit out their
1: tea yesterday, Josh. He said, "I got the newsletter. It's so good. It's really well written." Does it take you long? And I was like, "We don't fucking write it." <laughs> Esther, Esther,
0: it. you are the bester. Well. I feel
1: guilty about that. Is that bad? Is that bad? Dealer celebrity well, behaviour.
2: <laughs> no, it's easier. <laughs> <laughs> for us. And I support it. And <laughs> okay, good. All right then
1: waiting for us to deliver, and it could be all Ash over the place. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. And it has a tone, and you are writing it in the third person because you are a third person. <laughs> Yeah. Doesn't make sense.
0: Doesn't make sense. Whoa.
1: Yeah. It's like when Noel was in the lift with me after Avatar and he was had his three D glasses on and he's like, Oh look at you. You're you're three D and I was like, That's because I'm fucking here now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we
1: laughed so much.
0: Oh
2: my god, so funny. Oh,
0: you're
1: in the third funny. person.
2: Uh, why do you want to talk about the subject? What is the subject this week?
0: Well the you're, the subject this week is the thinking woman's guide to letting shit go. And there's a lot in that for us. And we've kind of played around with this topic and called it a few different things. Um so I guess I came up with this one. Because you're reading that book. Because I'm reading a couple of books that have made a difference. I'm also going to a life coach, which has been really transformative for me. Um what's the key takeouts from that? Honestly Letting <laughs> <There> shit <you> go. <laughs> letting shit go is a big piece of it, is right? It? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so when when I went to her first I said, you know, okay I'm a lot of things I want to pull apart the strands of thread and and put them together in order I want to be clear about where I'm going what nice. I'm doing with all the lovely stuff that I have available to me that I didn't have avail- available to me 10 or even 5 years ago so what's, what's the the direction of travel and I said I want to I pull it all apart and put it back together again and after a couple of sessions she said so I don't really think you do want to pull it all apart <laughs> <laughs> she said however I think what you might want to do is to slough off the bits that no longer serve you very good and, and distill down into where the value is and, and for me that was like you're absolutely right you're absolutely right. So I don't feel like I'm a hot mess that needs to be reconstructed. But I am. I have been aware of carrying stuff with me that was like deep in the subconscious and unconscious. And, and, and you know, so I've become really interested with this idea of what you can let go that no longer serves you. And, and it's everything from the kind of inner chatter, the narrative, the voice in our head that tells us stuff that isn't positive that underplays our own ability um, uh, to to dealing with other people.
1: So can I throw a curveball, which is a question as well, right? Which I was, I was laughing getting into the car this morning on the way here because I kind of was thinking about how to come at this subject because I do think it is the key to thriving, right? Letting shit go. But I also think so is eating healthily the key to not having arteries clogged and losing weight. We all know that, but what's the secret to doing it?
0: Um. Do you know what I mean? I think it. Or is there uh, one? Well, okay. So we we kind of you kind of know the answer to that already, right? And the answer is that you have to be at a point in your life where you see it as necessary. Yeah. And so you can't fake it. You have to go. Okay. I I either know enough or don't know enough to know that something has to. Oh yeah, change. I know what you're talking about.
1: So, In my life at the moment. And I was like, right, am letting that go.
2: Yeah, like it's it's just... Is that so, a reference to me? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry, one second. Esther, we're letting you go. <laughs> letting you go, that's so old school. They let you go. <laughs>
0: um, so yeah, so it's, it's, are you ready? Are you ready to acknowledge that the stuff yeah, well, okay, that okay, you're okay. carrying with you that no longer serves So
1: this stuff really excites me yeah. as well, right? And but... um. There's so much that you carry that doesn't serve you, right? And it's, it's almost like a smorgasbord of shit that you don't need in mm. your life. And, and, and sometimes it's overwhelming to even consider it, right? So do you, do you make a priority list of shit to let go or do you...
0: So I think the, the, the first bit is, is sort of...
1: Um... Do you think you might go into teaching this
0: stuff? Uh, possibly yeah I think you. I will. mean I kind of speak it yeah. anyway um, but I think what's really interesting um, I've been kind of on a progression of readings and learnings and stuff around, around this um, but in one of the books that I'm reading which is called The Untethered Soul um, which is phenomenal um, he's he, a bide do you know uh, we'll Michael Singer it. I think it is um, he tells he, he, he tells this it. story
1: I couldn't find it yesterday okay yeah.
0: he tells this story that um, this guy had a thorn in his side Right, and he had a choice when he realized he had a thorn inside. He had a choice; he could either pull the thorn out, or 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 live with it. And he decided to live with it. Um, but if anybody kind of pushed up against him, or if he if he bashed <laughs> into something, amazing. he the, the thorn would really hurt, right? So he had to find ways of dealing with the thorn in his life. So he's a really smart guy. So he built um, he built an apparatus, which meant that he had enough protection. Um, that uh, he could sleep at night. So one of the biggest issues he faced was that if he slept at night and he turned on on the thorn, the thorn would wake, wake him up, up and hurt him. So he built this kind of protective apparatus around him that meant he could sleep at night. But he was kind of still, he couldn't, couldn't be kind of physically intimate with anybody because he was always afraid that the thorn was going. So he built a, a, a stronger apparatus around him, which meant that he could hug without physical contact. And he met a lovely woman and they fell in love and they bought a beautiful house. Um, but, in order to kind of navigate the house he, he he had to and the and the apparatus that he had built the two apparatus that he had built were suddenly quite heavy, so he had to build another apparatus around them on wheels with hydraulics to get around his house so all of a sudden he was his identity had become all about the thorn, and so for him to pull out the thorn at that stage when he had lived so Uh, so many years developing ways of coping with the thorn was almost impossible. So if the thorn is there and the thorn is any disturbance in your mind, it could be anything from, that person is really annoying me to, you know, my mother didn't love me. Anything. As soon as you have an awareness of that thorn, you you pull it out and let it go. Because if you hang on to it, you end up creating a world to accommodate the thorn. Mm. Got it. Mm-hmm. So what he says in the book is the so if you ask yourself the question who who am I he, he he talks about this who am I who are you who are we and and if you were to answer that question who what would you say, Bren? I don't know. Esther.
1: I find it difficult to answer.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I want to hear what you say it. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 many what of I, the answers I, that I we have come an up
1: with. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? I am I would say I am a life force connected to the universe unsure of my origin Um, (laughs) uh, uh, excited by the possibilities that come out of that and encumbered by a past that can hold
0: me back Okay What do you think of that? I think that's really good Mm. I think that's really good Um, and I think it's Really interesting because a lot of people, when they're asked who are they, um, tend to focus on the bits that have been wrapped onto them by their lives. So what they do, uh-huh. you know, where they're from, uh, who they are in relation to their family. Um, whereas actually, you've gone, you're you're on by chapter five at this stage because you, what what who we are is our seat of consciousness and. I've spoken about this before about my mum. So my mum had a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on in her head growing up. Um, And now that she has dementia That's gone. She is the purest form of her. Wow. So none of the stresses, strains, anxieties, concerns, baggage that she had growing up and living her life are are connected to the purity of the centre of her now.
1: So what other people think doesn't matter. I, and I mean, that's a very simple way of saying it, but there's no encumbrance in, about that, right?
0: Yeah. and I. Th- so what Michael Singer says is, once you understand that you are the seat of consciousness, which sits behind all the stuff that's been slapped on top of you, you can then develop an awareness of yourself as the subject. So everything that happens to us, every word we hear, every person we see, every object we come in contact with, is that. It is an object, right? And we are the subject. So I enter into a conversation with somebody. It doesn't necessarily go the way I want it to go. But once I can see that as an object and me as the subject, I can choose to tap into my seat of consciousness and sit behind the disturbance. And watch it.
2: Yeah, you're the observer. Then you're the observer, and you have to become the observer in your life. Yeah, and detach yourself from those. Otherwise, you find yourself getting or hurt.
0: Sort of brought around in a in a in a whirlwind of the disturbance and being part of it. Whereas actually, that's a choice we make. We don't we don't have to dive into the disturbance. We can sit behind it and and, and re- the problem
1: is we lots of people and I know them so well don't understand that they're choosing. Yeah. to sit in the disturbance. Yeah, and they get... Yeah, it's funny. I it, it's. It, I suppose I've come through a big awakening in that stuff, in that... I, just, I mean, I know it's so obvious and, and so simple, but I was like, it's not actually the stress. It's how I deal with it and manifest it. So the stress could be anything. It could be a car accident. It could be mum being sick. It could be falling down the stairs. It could be the dog running out in the road. It could be the dinner's board. The stress can be anything. It's how I <laughs> in, internalise it. So all Take,
0: of those things are just the object.
1: Yeah. And I've really and and mom's sickness has given me that gift because I was feeling so guilty and laboured by it, and then I was like, "Actually, why am I?" The guilt isn't is not helping her. It's not like it's just another form of emotion that I'm sitting in, that nobody even knows I'm in, and it's it's really affected me. So I was like, well, "I don't feel guilty anymore. Is it that my fault?"
0: I I spent time with somebody who who I love recently, and um, they've been through extreme tragedy. Um, their mother. Died by suicide, um, and and she said to me, um, "My mom has given me a gift. She's allowed me to connect on a level of emotion with my father that I have never done previously, mm. and and that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't been through this." And I just thought,
1: "What a way to look at it!
0: What a way to look at it! Mm. To to sit behind the disturbance and view
1: the opportunity." Yeah, yeah. So
0: yeah. I, I mean, I look. there's there's a couple of notes there's a couple of books that are are really really good on this stuff The problem
1: with that is sorry the problem you'll face and it's not a problem it's just a thing to deal with right is when you are in a family situation which we all are and you have a crisis to deal with and you are being the subject you know objectifying the situation figuring out what to do but you have other people who have power and have a voice and a vote, and influence in the situation, and you have to manage them, and that's that's the next level of the stress that is very tricky, right? So you keep going. No, it's not my stuff. I'm not going to get angry about this. I'm just going to do what I can do, and then the the influence you, the influence that's really important is actually you just managing stupid people. Mm. I remember I said that to you. My autobiography will be managing <laughs> stupid people because I find myself constantly. particularly in the family situation where everybody's emotional and they're not stupid that's harsh I'm just being I'm just me me being grumpy
0: None of them listen to the podcast right? No
1: no (laughs) But just explaining and trying to make them understand and then also people even my mother thinking I have an ulterior motive sometimes is heartbreaking but you have to go that's not my stuff that's how she thinks and I think you started this for me 10 years ago when somebody was mean to us backstage at something and as he walked away I was like what a fucking and you were like oh no 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 imagine being in that head I thought oh my god you just went have it back bitch I was like that is genius because anytime anybody's mean to me now or I just go god they're just jealous and my mother used to do that a lot when we were kids she had when she she was aware she could throw it back and say if someone's mean to you it's it's no point. It used to be the it's old. It's about them. It's about them. It really is about it them. It really more is. More and more, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a real, that's a real gift to learn that, especially in the public eye. Mm-hmm. Funny, and I, um, this is a complete sidebar. But I was algorithms, right? Feed us. This is my other little journey I'm on. Reading algorithms feed us the comments and pictures that will cause the biggest reaction emotionally mm-hmm. Negative so or I put a TikTok up during the, during, on Sunday listen to this and I was like I had heard this on Channel 4 in a documentary and I'd read it that the algorithms are feeding us such negativity because we emotionally react I put a TikTok up it got 10,000 views in 24 hours and it was just me saying I'm filming a new series of Keys to My Life who would you like to see on the new series yeah. right and the top and I, I delved into it right there's 9,000 views thousands of comments with Tommy Tiernan you know President Higgins. But the very first comment said, oh, not here. Fuck off back to where you came from. And, and it just jumped out at me, right? Because it was mean. But it was the very first comment. And I looked mm. and it was posted well into the other posts. So it was moved to the top. Wow. So I would see it. 9,000 other comments were all really just people. Oh, yeah, good to see you. Great show. Love the show. But just the one that I would react yeah. to. And again, I just went. And it really got to me. So I thought, oh, fuck off. Why would you bother writing that under somebody's? Just block me or don't follow me and all that usual. Mm, mm, and I, got, I went into it and I was like, no, that's not my stuff. Yeah, So I just deleted it and moved on. But it's funny because you do still get that gut feeling where someone's mean to you or says something mean. It's not your stuff, it's their stuff. Mm. So after the break, we'll be talking about <laughs> where, where to put that shit when you let
0: it go. <laughs>
2: We kind of
1: have crossed over between sort of how technology can impact on your psyche and comments and letting shit go, which is very subtle stuff that's fed to you by an algorithm right the way through to your real life and how you interact with people around you. And so you grow up with the baggage that you're given. Where how you educated from your family and your insecurities and all that stuff. We just I was thinking about it actually, all the nurture stuff that all the negative nurture stuff that I've experienced was definitely from home. Very I don't remember my teachers having much impact on me at all. Um so they say your teacher and your as a child, your teacher and your your parents are your biggest influence, but it was definitely my home was the biggest influence for me. And I'm I'm wondering so I say somebody's ten years younger than us, going into their into their forties and they're thinking, you know, you start in that process of letting shit go mm-hmm. and realising mm-hmm. I think I'm holding on to stuff that I probably don't need, doesn't doesn't serve me. Where do you start?
0: Um, well, I just before I answer that, and I will come back and answer it. I, I, I did. I was really conscious coming here that uh, I'm a very privileged middle class white woman talking about this. Right. But I think it's really important to say that this is a, a democratic process, so anybody can take part in this there are people who have more shit to let go than I, like way more shit. But I think it is a process that anybody can do to to lift themselves out. So it's it, it, it doesn't necessarily take money to do this stuff. Uh, and, and I think and you're it, right. And it can, but I think that's really important to say because, yeah. you know, I'm sure there's people listening to this going, well, that's easy for you to say.
2: Yeah, and I think some people as well. Also, if you're like, say if you're, you know commuting in and out of work and you go I don't have time to let things go I don't have time to let things go because if that, that's if a those, choice yeah but uh, I know but then, but I think because people like you said built this apparatus around their thorn they don't they can kind of lose a whole lifetime because yeah. of that uh, I'm I'm related to, to let people who aren't
1: letting things go yeah. I I li- I live with it every day and it is a choice but it's also there's it you can be so embedded in your choice to not let things go. You don't see it that there is a choice. Mm -hmm. And I understand that as well. And you can be so damaged by it or so stressed by it or so upset by it. Like if you're surviving, if you're living with a terminal illness, if you've buried a child, there's so much grief around these things that I think it's not that simple just to let things go. And I completely acknowledge that. But what I will say in my experience is once you learn the trick of starting it, it is a snowball effect. It affects. It grows and grows and grows, and that that muscle, that ability to let things go, grows. You you see it more. You see more. You see more. You grow more. You see more. You grow more. You you let things. You let more things go. You really do. You kind. You let. When someone hits off you, when you walk into a shop, you let it go. Like you start to let things go, but it's just starting that process. It's like just pulling Mm -hmm. the thorn out, which is seems like the hardest thing, and you feel like you're going to bleed to death. But the minute you let one thing go, and you feel better from it, you're like, oh you try that somewhere else you know yeah. but it it is i think the initial pulling the thorn out is that's the hardest part for everyone yeah. and and some people have much bigger thorns
0: and actually even even back from that the hard part is getting to the point where you realize there is a thorn you know and and you you have that awareness to say oh hang on a second this how right?
1: you okay let that's a good one identifying thorns <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well,
0: i i guess if you if you are in, If you're in a negative cycle and I think one of the one of the identifiers of that is that you blame other people for your situation. So if you feel it's somebody else's fault that things are the way they are, that's a good kind of signaler to say, OK, let's reassess this and talk about my relationship. That's a
1: very hard thing to say to somebody. Because when pe- somebody blames somebody else, they do not want to hear that that's a choice they've made. And that's why I would recommend Read Choice Theory. <laughs>
0: but, the, but but if 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 you are carrying blame, that's your thorn.
1: Yeah, or guilt. Or if guilt, If you're yeah. carrying emotions that don't serve you. Yeah. Uh, or anger. Yeah. It's a real waste of time as well.
0: One of the exercises that uh, my coach uh, asked me to do, and I hope she doesn't mind me sharing it was to kind of write down the key events of my life the ones that stuck with me in, in a timeline from 0 to 7 wow really 7 to 14 all the way up in chunks was that interesting really interesting really interesting so it was kind of what was the event uh, what were the relationships related to the event uh, what were the emotions what was the impact what was the learning um, I mean it was a long document by the end of it and it was kind of looking at each of each of the chunks of my life um and yeah like y- you begin to see themes and you begin in a way that like cuz your fi- your internal filing cabinet is a little bit erratic you know but once you write it down and like ki- what
1: kind of themes um emerged
0: so i would say that my identity is very very wrapped up in OK, there's not going to be surprised surprise to anybody, but an image from the earliest time. So from when my mum brought home the first pair of leg warmers that I'd ever seen. And it was that um, the impact of that on me was for, impact A. I saw the leg warmers. I recognised them from fame and I nearly died with delight. Like I thought I'd gone to heaven um, and they weren't available in Ireland at the time. Impact B. I wore the leg warmers um, and everybody around me got really excited about seeing leg warmers. <laughs> right and so I kind I of passed out. I fed on that <laughs> excitement, not in a not in a way that I felt superior or better, but that I could see the joy that that kind of stuff could bring and i th- I became really sort of interested in that sort of reproductive number of me feeling great and looking great and how it actually had an impact on other people, and I think that is the nub of every decision that i've made throughout my career wow you know and i'm not saying that's a bad thing um, but in a way it becomes your identity it becomes who you are where actually you know you should be in evolution you should be kind of moving on and 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 evolving as a human and maybe i'm not saying that i'm going to turn up in a tracksuit the next time we speak because yes clothes and the outer packaging is really really important to me but it's not me yeah it's just yeah. something i relate to that yeah
1: yeah so That's i I, I remember the power of appearance 100 um later than that than you would have been then uh, but i remember my when, the like red me, leather jacket but i remember on saturday night's mom would walk into the living room and we oh, had I to give, we well. give her a round of applause
0: Go, oh she looked gorgeous <laughs>
1: mum and she did look gorgeous and I loved how she looked and so it, I was drawn to that feminine power more I glamour I, glamour um, and then I started dyeing my hair and red leather jacket and getting the impact and dressed as boy George one Halloween and got the impact and I never did drag because I was back in, in a Dancing but I never did drag because I didn't I knew I didn't have the features to be a beautiful drag queen and I was not going to be an ugly one and that was just my decision. And I remember Rory saying, why have you never done drag? And I was like, because I, my, my eyes are too small, my nose is too big, my chin's too broad. Uh, I, I know I wouldn't be a good drag queen. And we dragged it. I said, I told you. And I was a dog, <laughs> it's <was> awful. <laughs> and I was a great performer, but I didn't have, and Declan he has this kind of really brilliant face Clown oh, he's, like
0: it's so—he's—he's he's like Commedia dell'arte, yes, like he's—he's yeah. he's proper and, theatrical. And Vaid
1: is gothy, and yeah. so they all had their own thing, and so all my friends. So that's why, like, so I was drawn to that, <laughs> but never did it because I was a hound and had short legs, and they had all got long skinny legs, and just those stupid things like when you're drag queen, you just have to have good legs. It's just part of the deal, yeah. right? And 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 men. And interestingly, young gay boys who haven't played football tend to have slender legs mm. and tend to have really good legs because they're kind of fit and skinny because they're men's legs. So there's a, I've studied this for years and really been fascinated by, by, the, by drag culture when it was subversive. Now I'm not so interested. But um, that glamour really attracted me. And then I saw the impact of that. And anyway, so the point of that is, and then I made myself get into fashion. True, oh well, no, you think about how I mm. uh, muscled in. I muscled into fashion, and now I'm a fashion designer with the label with you. I mean, and, and now I've gone beyond that and see appearance as just a tiny little part of who we are and not very important. But I'm not out in the world trying to attract boys anymore, yeah. and I'm not trying to impress girls anymore at parties, whereas the, that intoxicating excitement of getting dressed to go to something. I still enjoy, but not as... You don't need it. I don't need it. I needed it when I was younger. Like I, I would get dressed up and just walk around the estate. looking Just to be. Just to be deadly. Just to be. And I think that's part of growing up. And that like, is. Isn't who you are. And you want people to think you're cool. And I don't care about <laughs> stuff anymore. I think that's part of maturity. But also when you get to a stage in your career where your appearance is Judge looked at and you're happy with it. It then you get bored because there's not much in it. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. not a lot of depth to it.
0: I'm just. Going, I'm, to I'm going went, back. Sorry, Esther. Yeah. I'm going back to the blame thing. Yeah. And actually, a big part of letting go is forgiveness, mm. forgiving yourself and forgiving others. Yeah. Um, and and I'm not saying that's easy. I'm not saying that easy. But 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 sometimes when you when, when when, when you look back at like what...
2: blaming people. <laughs> no, it just, it's
1: making me... It's la- I'm laughing because <laughs> I'm a great man for saying I forgive you. <laughs> uh-huh. I said to my father once, I forgive you. And he said, fuck right. off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want your forgiveness. And then I was drunk with Declan one night. And I don't know what we'd argued about. We'd been friends for 30 years. And in front of... Uh, this is February three or four years ago pre-COVID drunkenly I just t- touched Declan's uh, hand in a restaurant but Andrew and Adam were there our, pers- our, our respective partners and I just thought I don't know what it was about and I just said just out of the blue drunkenly I forgive you and Declan's <laughs> face <facing laughs> and, and, and Andrew or Adam told me after Andrew and Adam but went oh my god it's oh, going to kick off <laughs>
0: she's going to oh, blow oh, you like, see forgiveness <laughs> doesn't have to be verbalised no, necessarily
1: and it doesn't have to be so condescending <laughs> I don't need your forgiveness thank you the
2: people
0: I don't even know what it
1: was about but that's very funny sorry
0: Esther I cut across you there
2: I know I was just imagining like seeing Brendan's neighbours going oh jeez Brendan Courtney's out again in his like (laughs) human tracksuit trotting around four o'clock to forgive
1: you oh no I wear shorts all the time I have these old no no, we're going back to the estate imagine
2: there he is again oh no I'd
1: wear suits (laughs) I wore a check I had a green check Don't suit Don't to get
2: 99
1: I had a green check suit with like with, that, with it was kind of a bomber top and big baggy trousers and um, paint leather winkled picker I mean I was done up like I'm talking gelled hair spent hour. I mean I slept with clips in my hair and suitor cream on my ears let's say back I was like You were in it I was in it <laughs> and, uh, and then I remember sort of getting to about 25 i going God I can't wait to not care anymore this is exhausting you know it's exhausting being a teenager yeah. God love them yeah, yeah, and yeah. and and spray tan wasn't an option to us. But let me tell you, if it was, I it was been. always Egyptian wonder, go. though. Yeah, but that was just for your face and arms, and we weren't allowed to touch that because it was like thirty quid and spits <laughs> <laughs> Mam had a Egyptian uh, wonder. Yeah. So I wanted to know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a very inspiring conversation mm. because I think lots of people are, agree with you and me, but agree with your thought process. And but I think that's as far as you get, right? And I think the next part is. What is your key takeout for starting to let things go?
0: I think it's about allowing yourself to recognise what's happening. So taking a moment and and being in a situation and kind of having a little you know, Mel Robbins does the five four three two one where before you respond you do you you count five four three two one and then you just do it. But you know, it's it's I'm in the situation. My head's not happy. I feel a disturbance. Let me just take a little moment to see what's going on here and sit behind it. Be- allow yourself to develop that awareness um, so that you can view things with fresh eyes. Without Jesus, the- I'd never get and done. <laughs> <laughs>
1: My life is constantly situations where I have to sit back I'm talking about my not my work life. My work life is flawless. <laughs> uh, no, my my family life is because it's work family in crisis. Because mom's in care, like in in hospital, and needs the house needs renovating. So we're going through a, a crisis.
0: But I do think it's I do think you can um, educate your brain to think like that. So it becomes. <laughs>
1: Habit. Well, I, I just don't engage until mm. my engagement is, is relevant. Mm. Rather than fighting, out, fighting it out on a WhatsApp, I now mm. pull myself back and go, Well, mm-hmm. the, what can, what's the benefit of this other than me venting? or then, but, I heard know.
0: the most fantastic conversation yesterday. I was talking to this woman and she said, oh, you know, I bought my parents' house. Um, it's on the beach. And I was like, amazing, amazing, amazing. She told me about the renovation and how wonderful it was. And I said, I have one question for you. Do you have siblings? And she said, I do. I have two brothers and a sister. And I said, "And how did that play out that you're in the family home? Like, did that not cause mayhem? And she said, well, my parents uh, brought us in, sat us down and said, OK, we want to sell the house. We've got enough land that we're going to build another house on the land. Um, and we want one of you to buy it because we're going to be there. Um, but we don't want a sister. We don't want a daughter in law. In the house we want a daughter so we're only offering it to the two daughters not to the sons we want you to know that because that's really important to us Um and she said the the sister the older sister said i, I want it and she said okay that's fine um, and i'm afraid to say too much more in case they're identified <clears throat> but anyway healed the hunt. She got she got the house, and um, everybody was happy. Uh, everybody came to a sort of a status quo, and and uh, and then the parents took her husband in, had a little chat with him, and said, "Just want want you to know that if anything happens to our daughter, your wife, um, and you choose to get married, your new wife will be very welcome in that house." I just thought, "Whoa, that's amazing!" You know, to have that openness and honesty. And, and courage of your convictions to have those really tricky conversations. Wow. Isn't that so inspiring?
1: Yeah, it's really because we've come from a generation of people who just didn't. Obviously, I always give them the the get out of jail card. They didn't have the money to plan, but they didn't make any plans. And so the, my generation are dealing with so many unplanned old people who have houses and siblings, like it's bog, bogsta- any lawyer will tell you the one thing that happens when someone dies, is the siblings all fall out over the house, right? Because they haven't left a will or they don't tell you what's to happen with the house. And uh, we're in that situation. But but my mother has tried to uh, play her cards close to her chest to keep us all engaged in a kind of a way. But that's OK. I don't care. That's not my stuff.
0: Yeah. Let it go.
1: Uh, let it go. Not my problem.
0: What do we do for the T-shirt?
1: Let it go, let it go. <laughs> Can't hold it back anymore. My favorite, favorite children's film of all time, Frozen. There you go. Let it go. Let that shit go, baby. Pull the thorn. Pull the thorn. Oh, not that one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The Lennon Courtney Podcast is an exceed potential production. Episodes are produced by EOMD Productions and social media is managed by Julie Gartland. Follow at Lennon Courtney on all social media platforms for the latest news and updates. New episodes are released every Thursday.